Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Uh, wait. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Points in the Paint Podcast, presented by Stadium. I'm Zach Badgerhouse. That's my main man's over there. Ben Wittenstein. Tell the people how you're doing, Chief. I'm doing well. We are uh, matching. We are matching. We're matching. We're wearing the same shirt. I came into work with this shirt on. Why you had you a different shirt on. People? You don't have a shirt on. I did, but I and showed like, you I, my I shirt. I had the shirt I was going to change into for the show, and you saw it was the same shirt. You go, I'm still going to keep the same shirt uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I'm staying militant with this shirt. Yep. It's so kind of different. Have, you have Damar and Zach, and I have uh, Luca and, and Kawhi. I think your two on two is winning. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But make sure, as you can see, we're on TV now, OTA, OTT channel. Make sure you check it's us lovely. out wherever you're watching your television. And, and, social. and social. And we're, we're a podcast, too. We take this and take it in audio and release it on a podcast page. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's perfect. Now, we you know, if you've been paying attention, we've been doing these team interviews. So shout out to Indiana Pacers, the Pistons, Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Now, all those teams being are in the East. We had to go out West, and we had to go to the Southwest. Yeah. 30 South, H-Town to be exact. Yeah. Houston to be exact. Yeah. Yes, sir. So are you excited. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Houston Rockets' very own reporter for SB Nation, Ben. We got to welcome Lashar Binkley on to the show. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate being back on with y'all. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. We missed you last season, but we got you back (laughs) for this season. It's all good. The Houston Rockets are looking to go into a new, brighter direction. And so let's just talk about it. Let's dive right into it. Last season, struggle bus for the Rockets, right? 22 and 60 on the year. Tied for the worst record um, in the West in particular. How would you say, were there any learning curves? Were there any, what do you see overall as a, as a summary for the Rockets? Uh, I would say that it was another, you know, of course, tough seasons. When, I mean, if you look at their overall record last three years, it's the three worst year span in franchise history. Um, and the Rockets have been a long, around a long time. They have a, done a lot of winning, but um, it's been a struggle the last three years. Um, you can just look at the record, like you mentioned, 22 and 60. And crazy enough, 22 and 60 was actually an improvement over the previous two seasons. So uh, if you look at it that way, it was some improvement. Now, if you if you want to break it down to individual players, there was some improvement from players like Apron Shangoon. Um, Jalen Green improved his overall offensive game he became a, a, a better playmaker overall um you had players like tari eason come in and kind of just shocked everybody it came out of nowhere um, a lot of the season he was actually better than jabari smith i don't think anybody saw that coming um but jabari smith was able to you know shake off the early season woes he had and he started to come on really strong at the end of um last season and you kind of saw that continuation over into the summer league so 
there are some things that, you know, they can't take from last year and bring to this year. Um, but as far as just overall, they definitely looking to turn a page. And that's why they started to bring in the vets and bring in MA, trying to bring in a whole different direction from where they've been the last three seasons. Now, looking at the draft this season, they got Whitmore, they got Thompson. Who are you more excited for? <laughs> well, I, you got to say Thompson just because as good as Whitmore was in you? Summer League. But um, do you? I, and Whitmore... the reason why I say that is because, yeah, but Whitmore is not going to get as much time with the Rockets. It's going to be mm. a struggle for him beginning of the year to get playing time. So I think he's going to actually spend a lot more time with the RGV Vipers, the Rockets G League affiliate, than he is with the Rockets. So that's why that's why I say that, not just because you know, Whitmore's game, you saw in the Summer League, he's going to be a pleasant surprise for the Rockets, but I think it's just going to take time for them to crack their rotation because okay. they still have Tari Eason at the forward position. Of course, they brought in Dylan Brooks. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. And then Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be <laughs> playing three different positions. So it's not going to be a lot of time at the small forward position to start the season. So you just not, might not see as much of Whitmore as you will Thompson. Okay. So assess Thompson. Did you like his game? Like what he brings to the table? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, he got stuff to work on, just like any rookie. He still has to work on his, his overall, uh, especially sh- shooting from the three-point range. He's a great playmaker. He has great size at six, 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 seven, depending on the day or who you ask. Um, he, <laughs> he has great basketball knowledge, which is something that I know sounds kind of crazy, but not every player coming into the NBA has the basketball knowledge that they need. I think he can learn a lot from Fred Van Vliet. But overall, I, I like Thompson game. We only saw him one game in the summer league, but you were able to see a lot of that athleticism and the feel for the game that he has that, you know, that would definitely be able to see a lot more uh, once he gets playing time with the Rockets. We've already mentioned these two free agent signings with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. How would you grade the offseason moves for the Houston Rockets? Did they do a good job? Did they pay? Did they overpay for these guys? How do you look at it? So you can look at it two ways. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw that they were interested in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, I was like, uh, I'm not sure about this because Fred Van Vliet was coming off his worst shooting year of his career. Dylan Brooks just shot 30 and 32% from three-point range the last two years. And, yes, we know all the antics he's had on the court, you know, getting into it with, Le- with LeBron and pushing over photographers and everything else he was doing last season. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of just break it down and look from an objective point of view, number one, the Rockets had to spend the money. They had to spend over 50 plus million because they were so far under the salary cap. So they had to spend the money. And there's, there's something that a lot of people, especially around Rockets Twitter start to say is you have to pay a bad tax, which means that players aren't just going to come to your team just because you're offering them a lot of money. A lot of times you have to overpay them on what their market value is, especially when you've been a team as bad as the Rockets. So the Rockets were going to overpay whoever they brought in here. I mean, you, you saw even from uh, Jock Landale, they had to overpay him to bring him over to the Rockets, and he was a backup for a Phoenix. So at the end of the day, you were going to have to overpay these players to come here. Fred Van Vliet's deal is really only a two-year deal. The third year is a team option. Yes, Dylan Brooks' deal is fully guaranteed, but if you look at it in a couple of years with the way the NBA is going to be um, – structuring their new TV deal, the salary caps are going to go way up. How much? We don't know yet, but they're going to go way up. So this 20 plus million dollar deal, a uh, year deal for Dylan Brooks probably won't look as bad in the next couple of years as it may look for some people right now. So mm. overall, I would say 
they they did what they wanted to do. They got two of their top three choices in free agency. They didn't get Brooke Lopez, but they got the other two people that they really did target. So at the end of the day, they got exactly who they wanted to get. So it's funny because a lot of teams in the NBA would love to have an issue of having too many wings, having too many forwards. Yeah. But with the Rockets, it seems like there's kind of a log jam. (laughs) Yeah, kind of a log jam. Is, Is there any concern about that? Too many forwards, too many wings on this team? Well, and that's part of the reason why they moved on from K.J. Martin, even though they love K.J. Martin, but he just, at the end of the day, it was a numbers game. They liked Tari Eason's future more than they liked K.J. Martin's. So that's why they decided to keep Tari Eason and ship out K.J. Martin out to the Clippers, Is even Tate though still there? he has gotten better every single year. Uh, what was that? Is Tate still there? I feel like Tate is still there. Just so Tate. That's, and that's, that's another thing. Jay Sean Tate is still there. He didn't play much of all mm. last season, probably a handful of games because he was injured. But the Rockets front office really love him. Uh, he's the type of player that M.A. likes, hard nose, um, always around the ball, plays hard every single play. So that's another guy they have to try to shoehorn into the small four, power forward position. Like I said, you got Dylan Brooks. Uh, KPJ is going to be playing some small forward as well. Um, so yes, you still have some, some log jam at that wing forward position. That's why Cam Whitmore probably spent more time with the RGV Vipers so he can actually get 25, 30 minutes a game because with the Rockets, honestly, for the least begin the season, he would be sitting on the bench most of the time. So yeah, there's still some things they got to figure out with their forward tandem. I think Eason probably plays some power forward as well. So that might help up a little bit with small forward, but like I said, with KPJ, they, they love KPJ. He's the, still their best shooter. So they're going to find a way to get him on the court, I whether that's a that. small forward or shooting guard. So, yeah, they still have a log jam there at the forward position. So what are realistic expectations going into this upcoming season for the Houston Rockets? Like, what are realistic expectations? Real, I would say, if you tell talking about realistic expectations, I would say 30 to 35 wins. That's realistic. Okay. If, things, if everything goes right, they can fight for a play-in. Am I guaranteeing them fighting for a play-in spot? I can't say that because you have a lot of moving parts. You still have a brand new coaching staff. Now you have a new floor leader. Um, you have to see what you're going to get from Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are going to be the key to whether it goes from 30 to 35 to 40 to 41 wins. Just because you know what you're going to get from Fred Van Vliet. I think he's going to improve his shooting this year. I don't think Dylan Brooks is going to shoot 30% from three again this year, and I think he's going to tone down the antics. Alperin Shangoon, he may improve his three-point shooting, but I think his numbers are going to kind of stay the same. He's still going to be the productive center he's been. Um, But Jabari Smith and Jalen Green, especially Jalen Green, if he takes that Ant Edwards step in his third year, then you might see him actually fighting for a play-in spot. But it all really comes down to him. I mean, you see with Jabari Smith, he keeps getting better and better and better. But Jalen Green is really the key because that's the person that they want, that they think will be the Rockets' superstar. So at the end of right. the day, whether the Rockets are just a better team than they were last year, which is still 30-35 compared to 22, is still pretty good, but it's not exactly what they're expecting. Um, or will they be a team that's actually fighting for a play-in spot? Um that really will come down to whether Jalen Green's taking that next step this season. All right, lots to hope for. That is a young core, bright future for the Rockets. The only way to go is up. Yeah, only that's true. Only way to go is up. (laughs) We got a lot more with Lashard Vinkley coming up on the other side of the break. Top uh, top five Houston Rockets. Top five, top five. Starting lineup. Name random player and a lot more. That's up next. Points of the paint.
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Points in the Paint, talking to Lashard Binkley of SB Nation, yes, Houston sir. Rockets beat writer, reporter. Time to get in the nitty-gritty. We're, do, we're, doing, we're doing all-time starting lineup for the Houston Rockets. A lot, <laughs> lot of history with Houston, a lot of guys to name, but we're, we're whittling it down to five guys. We'll start with the point guard position, Lashard. Who's, uh, who's number one? I got to go with Calvin Murphy, um, someone that I know a lot of recent fans may just know him as a broadcaster, the person that wears the fly suits every week, but he's actually was a really good player. I mean, if you go look at the stats um, before James Harden broke the assist, his assist record, he led the Rockets in assists for a lot of years. He's number two in a lot of other mm. um, stats. When you look at the Houston Rockets all time leaders, um, he's in the hall of fame. He's the shortest player ever to be in the hall of fame. Um, I think he's only Calvin like Murphy. Right, too. Well, my height. <laughs> yes. You like six one. I'm like five he, nine. <laughs> exactly. Calvin Murphy yeah. um, put up a lot of great stats for the Houston Rockets, and a lot of people don't know that about him. But I mean, he's one of the the, the greatest small guards of all time. So I have to put Calvin Murphy as a starting point guard. I love that. Number five two. foot nine. <laughs> Number two. It's uh. There's a lot of names, but it is a lot going, of names. Going to get a more uh, recent history here. Yeah, of course, for shooting guard, we got to go with the beard, even though he left the Rockets on bad terms. Apparently, he's leaving a lot of teams on bad terms these days. But <laughs> Clearly. Uh, at, least when he was, <laughs> at least when he was here, he was, I mean, whatever you want to say about his playoff performances, he put up a lot of record-breaking numbers. Um, outside of the team, he's the best offensive player in Rockets history. Um, he leads the Rockets all-time in assists. He's at the top of the um, league leaders as far as the Rockets is concerned in points. Um, of course, free throws. We all know that <laughs> when it comes down to James. Oh Harden. man! But, but, but when it comes down to it, he is the second best player in Rockets history. I don't think that's a hot topic, but a hot take. But you know, you never know these days. I know a lot of people are still kind of mad at James Harden the way he left. But when you look at it and you break down the numbers, he is the second best player in Houston Rockets history. So I have to put him at the shooting guard position. I guess that's fair. No, no Tracy McGrady love. That's what I was <laughs> looking for at the two spots. But we ain't so get real that quick action. on Tracy That's McGrady, okay. you know, McGrady didn't have enough time here, and the time That's what he, I was, you were he say. was hurt. He was hurt a lot. Mm. So, and much as I love Tracy McGrady, but he never could get us out of the first round. Uh, that still hurts a lot of Rockets fans to this day. But <laughs> I, I can't hate on Tracy McGrady. He was he was great. You know, just like you know, part of me wants to say Steve Francis for point guard, but at the end of the day, I gotta you know, if you look at the numbers and you look at the overall play, you know, you got to go with those okay. those two at the backcourt. Fair enough. All right, let's go to the uh, small forward position. Who's your small forward? And another person that a lot of, you know, the younger fans may not realize, but Rudy T. I mean, back in the day, Rudy T. Uh, was an all-star, was a T. really good player. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, before he, well, you know, suffered that su sucker punch by Kermit Washington, he was putting up Hall of Fame-type numbers that, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach and a player, but he was on his way to be a Hall of Famer just as a player. I mean, he was great in college. He leads Michigan in several categories, if you go look at the numbers. Um, he's still at the you know top three in rebounding and, and 
and several other stats when it comes to the Houston Rockets. So if I'm going with small forward, I'll have to go with Rudy T, who also played, you know, his entire career for the Rockets. And, um, you know, of course, we all know he led the Rockets two championships as a coach, but just as a player, yes. he was a really good player. So I have to go with Rudy T at small forward. He coaching and playing at the same time in this lineup. That's nuts. <laughs> Doing double duty. Double duty. <laughs> Who's at the four? At the four, and this could kind of go either way, but um, I'll have to go with Moses Malone. Uh, of course, he played center when he was here with the Rockets, but I mean, we all kind of know where I'm going with the center position. But you have to go with Moses <laughs> Malone. A lot of people – <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't realize how great Moses Malone was with the Rockets. I mean, a lot of people know him from his days with Philadelphia winning a championship there. But he actually led the Rockets to the championship with no beating the Lakers a year after they won the championship in 1981. He won two MVPs with the Rockets. Um, he was the Rockets, you know, outside of Elvin Hayes, he was one of the first Rockets superstars when they moved over from San Diego. Um, so Moses Malone was putting up MVP numbers with the Rockets, and he would have stayed with the Rockets if the Rockets weren't trying to save money back in the day. That's the only reason they got rid of Moses Malone in the first place, which was one of the biggest mistakes that they ever made. But at the end of the day, at least Moses Malone was around to not only play great for the Rockets, but he also helped my um, person that I have as a all-time starting center, which of course we kind of already know who it is, but perfect transition. Perfect transition. Might as well go for it. <laughs> who at five. the five? Oh, of course, <laughs> at the five. You know, you can't go with anybody but Akeem Olajuwon, the greatest Houston Rocket of all time. Um, even like I said, I talked about James Harden being number two. It's it's not even close as far as who's number one all time. I mean, we can all we can go all the way to greatest Houston athlete of all time, and that's Akeem Olajuwon, <laughs> of course, MVP, two time champion. Uh, another hot take out there out there. He's the best two way player of all time. That's including Jordan. Ooh. That's including Will Chamberlain. That's including yeah, anybody else you want to throw out there. Look at that. <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon is the greatest two way player in NBA history. He ranks in several that. categories. I mean, as a, as a center, he ranks top 10 in steals as a center. I mean, that, that ought to tell you everything you need to know about Akeem Olajuwon. So, got to go with Akeem Olajuwon at center. Yeah, he's, he's, good list. He's taking us to the mountaintop. I like it. It's a really good list. <laughs> hey, hey, man. All right, so when you talk about Akeem, that's how it gets. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, you named, you named some of the greats from the Houston Rockets. Now it's time to name a random player from the Houston Rockets. We love naming guys, love naming dudes. So who's in, who's a random player you want to name from the Houston Rockets? Random player I got to name is Aaron Brooks. I ain't, I'm not talking about the quarterback for the Saints back in the day. I'm talking about Aaron Brooks who actually <laughs> played for the Houston Rockets. Um, he was the most improved player. A lot of people don't know a lot about him. He was I a remember point that. back in the, the, the late 2000s for the Rockets, and he had probably his best ever, um, you know, Best ever part Season, of his career probably. was when he helped the Rockets push the Lakers to seven games in the year that uh, the Lakers won the championship with Paul Gasol and Kobe Bryant back in the day. They actually pushed the Lakers to seven games without Tracy McGrady, uh, without Yao Ming. Both those players had, had gotten hurt, and the Rockets actually pushed them to seven games. And Aaron Brooks had two or three games where he had 30 points against the eventual champions, uh, Lakers. But Aaron Brooks for, like, a few years he was like one of the better like I was talking about Calvin Murphy earlier with small guards he was six feet was kind of being generous but hey like listen to Jameer him at six Nielsen feet <laughs> exactly um, he like I said he won most improved player he put up several 30 point games against the the mighty Lakers um, in that series they pushed them to seven so I, I gotta go with Aaron Burks he's one of my favorite players of all times and I mean if you go look at some of his numbers he had 
one of the funkiest looking jump shots you'll ever see, but somehow he's able to get that shot off against anybody <laughs> in the league at only being six feet, five eleven. Uh, honestly, <laughs> if you look at it, actually stand next to him. But yeah, I got to go with Aaron Brooks. Nice. Aaron Brooks makes the cut for random players. There we go. Love <laughs> and, he, and he used to play for the Bulls. He did used to play for the Bulls. <laughs> I loved him when he played for the, <laughs> yeah, Bulls. Play for the Bulls. All right, we'll finish this out. Lashard, uh, hot take time. What's, uh, what's a hot take you have for the upcoming season for the Houston Rockets? I got to go with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. won a six-man of the year. Um, a lot of – if if you know Rockets Twitter, he is one of the most polarizing players <laughs> on the Houston Rockets team. There's a lot of people that love him and a lot of people that hate him for whatever him. reason. Um, I know he had some off-court stuff um, before he got to the Rockets, um, a couple of incidents since he's been with the Rockets. But the last couple of years, honestly, he's been the Rockets' best player, and a lot of people don't really realize that because the Rockets have been just so bad, and a lot of talk has been about Shangoon and Jalen Green. But – Ken Porter Jr. has been the Rockets' best player the last two seasons. He's their best shooter. He's their most versatile player. He can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward. And he's going to get 25, 30 minutes off the bench, and he's going to have the green light. So that's going to be my hot take is that Kevin Porter Jr. will win the sixth man of the year next year. And PJ, watch out, Michael Porter Jr. You know, that's our pick every year. It's a new junior. (laughs) Taking the helm. So watch out, KPJ coming. LaShard Bingley, tell the folks, please, where they can find your work and they can catch you. Oh, like you uh, said before, uh, I'm a writer for SB Nation. I'm also a writer for the Dream Shake, which is the Houston Rockets uh, part of SB Nation. I'm a credential reporter, so I go out to the games and cover the games as well. I also have my own podcast uh, with my man Vader called Rockets Fuel. You can catch that on YouTube nice. and also on audio. Um, so I'm kind of everywhere. It's just kind of looking forward to season. I'm ready to get out there to training camp and get the basketball season started. Sweet, sweet. There you go, folks. Houston Rockets preview with our very own LaShar Binkley from SB Nation. We appreciate him coming on. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk some more six-man. Thank you, LaShar. So don't go nowhere. We got some six-man, maybe one in the Hall of Fame. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to Points in the Paint. And before we close out the show, Zach, we had to hit on one thing. That was going on on the NBA interwebs on NBA Twitter. You know NBA Twitter, get it going. Lou Will, six man, big Mike guy, Will. came out and he said him and Jamal Crawford should be Hall of Famers. I'm not too, I'm not really mad at that, Ben. I'll be honest with you, not too really? mad at that because you know it's the it's the basketball Hall of Fame. So what did you contribute to the game of basketball? Yeah. And they did an exceptional job being six men. Like they both probably have well over ten thousand points as six men. So there's probably a lot of bench. There's probably a lot of guys who started in NBA a ton of games who don't have ten thousand points. So I'd at least give those guys that that tip to go into the Hall of Fame. I would. Yeah, he said. I definitely think we're all Hall of Famers. We contributed to the game. I mean, he's got songs written about him. Six man like Six Lou man Will. Six man like Lou Will. Jamal Crawford. I mean, he's – talk about a guy who gets a bucket. That's Jamal Crawford. Just had 51 in his own league the other day. It's unbelievable. I mean, these guys have, have scored at historic rates at historic paces. Jamal got a 50 game. Lou Will might have a 50 game. Yeah. It's like those guys, not only are they good six men and like all-time six men, but they're amazing scorers. And exactly. the fact that they're all-time six men, Hall of Fame worthy. They're all-time in a specific position, Hall of Fame worthy. And that's going to do it. 
You guys still let us know what you think on the, on these websites, on these Twitter feeds and everything else. And you'll hear back us. from us next week. <laughs>